You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind with Jess Kovic, episode number 55. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We are continuing on with Musical May. That's right, all this month's episodes will be dedicated to musical themes. And I've had some amazing guests, and today is no different. I've asked my friend Joe Balgaard to talk about his business in Luthery. That's right, I just learned that word thanks to Joe, and it means guitar making. So you're about to hear us talk all about how he started his business and his general passion in music and guitars. But first, want to give a shout out to an Apple podcast reviewer. I'm so appreciative of all the people that have taken time to leave review. And if that's you, I want to give you a shout out and share your kind words. Specific thank you to Occasional Oak, username on Apple Podcasts. Left a review informative, inspiring, personal. They shared, quote, this podcast is so informative, so is capitalized on the business side of the art world, as well as tips for artists improving their craft and practice. Jess, that's me, and the show guests talk from their personal experiences and share what's helpful for them in achieving goals, not only in their craft, but in all life. It's inspiring and motivating to hear from someone actively trying to improve themselves and their business and what works for them. Great stuff exclamation point well thank you so very much for your kind words and for taking the time to post a review it means the world to me and to the show to help it grow occasional oak thank you so much you're the best and you are absolutely right i am continuing to try and try 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 again and hoping that you all get some benefit out of that so again thank you very much to you occasional oak I appreciate you and to everyone else that's left a rating or review. And if you've been thinking about it and wanting to, I encourage you to do so because you'll hear your username on the show. And that's a pretty damn good reason, I think. And now let's jump into it. Please enjoy my conversation with Joe Balgair. Joe, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. I can't complain. You know, it's my pleasure. I'm not sure if I told you this, but for my podcast, I'm kicking off a series for Musical May because of the alliteration. It just works out that way. I was scanning through my Rolodex in my head because I don't have a physical Rolodex anymore. (laughs) But I was like, who do I know that would be awesome for this series on the podcast and I definitely thought of you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, well, thank you for being on. Joe and I have been friends for a while. I used to work with your amazing wife, Megan. So yeah, that's how we got to know each other. Yeah. You do um, an amazing amount of incredible things in the music industry and we're going to talk all about that. If you could, I'd love you to just introduce yourself to the listeners and what you do in the music industry. Sure. Uh, So my name is Joe Balaguer. I own Balaguer Guitars. I make stuff more specifically electric 
guitars and basses. Been doing that for about 10 years now, but my most recent company has only been around for five. And you studied, there's a word for it that I'm, I'm forgive me that I don't know. You studied guitar making, <laughs> right? Yeah. Traditionally it's called luthery. Luthery. Uh, okay. Yeah. Luthery. Yeah. I went to this school right in Los Angeles called the Musicians Institute. Uh, they have a program called the Guitar Craft Academy. So I graduated there in 2009. They focus, I don't know if it's still the same now, but 10 years ago, 11 years ago, they focused on half guitar repair and modification and then half actually drafting, designing, and building instruments. Yeah, that's where I graduated. What half did you focus on? Uh, so the actual program is split into two sections. So you have no choice. You have to do both. Oh, gotcha. I gotcha. So yeah, it's kind of like the first half is you're honing the skill of actually working on instruments first, learning how to use different power tools, different machines, learning the idiosyncrasies of, you know, fretwork and all of the nerdy stuff that goes into building guitars. After you surpass that, then you get into the actual design and development and building the guitar from scratch. That's so cool. I feel like a lot of people want to be musicians or work in the industry, but I don't hear too many people going into your line of work. So it's really unique and awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but you play guitar as well. Were you already playing before you got into that program? Yeah. So I started playing guitar when I was, oh man, 14, something like that. So many moons ago for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I was definitely, I am definitely a guitar player before a luthier for sure. Yeah. And what, what drew you to guitar? Just young kid picked it up, had an affinity <laughs> yeah. towards it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, one of the first, I guess, gateways into like guitar related music, my mom gave me a cassette of one of the first Van Halen albums mm. and then Aerosmith and all of this other like guitar driven music. So that was, I think the thing that interests me, the, you know, firstly, but beyond that, I saw my cousin getting a guitar when I was like, maybe 12 or 13 and I was jamming on his for a little bit and then next thing I know I'm get you know using my allowance from chores and stuff to, <laughs> to buy my first guitar but yeah it was just like I think my mom introduced me to classic rock and metal at an early age just because that's what she grew up on you know in the 80s so I feel very fortunate that I had some pretty good music to start out with because I think that kind of shaped like my interest in guitar and the type of music I ended up playing. Would you say that you're still classic rock is your main kind of genre that you stick to when you play and, and this type of stuff that inspires your music? That was definitely the catalyst to the heavier music that I'm usually drawn towards now, which is like metal and progressive rock, progressive metal, stuff like that. I do like a bunch of different styles, but I always kind of gravitate back towards heavier music. Yeah. The guitar lends to that too, right? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Was it hard to learn when you were 14? Because I don't know if I've shared this with you or Megan, because we're on the opposite sides of the country now, sadly, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I've been taking music lessons for the past couple of years. I started with voice and then moved into piano and just picked up at the beginning of this year, ukulele. Nice. I'm in my thirties and I'm an adult and it's real hard. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to train my fingers to do things that they are not used to doing. And yeah. I'm getting calluses now from the ukulele. It's a whole thing. And, sure. you know, you were smart to start when you're 14. So <laughs> I assume it was easier, but maybe not. No, it, it definitely was. I mean, I, I try to teach myself things now, like trying to get into playing piano and a few other instruments. And I think some of guitar definitely transfers over. But hmm. um, as far as like, you know, chord melody and knowing harmony and stuff. But uh, when I was 14, I had the uh, time in the world and, and just like being able to come home from school and not having 
these lists of responsibilities and I could just lock myself in my room and, you know, try and learn Metallica songs. And yeah, uh, it was way easier back then for sure. Cause I don't think I had you know, so much on my mind or all these different things going on. So yeah, that that's totally it. The timing. I mean, there's a lot of factors why it's hard for me personally, but the time for sure. I miss days when you're 14, you Mm -hmm. had a lot of room time, you know, like time where you're Mm -hmm. just sitting in your room in your case, practicing guitar. For me, I was I had MTV on in the background while I painted my nails or doodled in my notebook, like all hours upon hours just to yourself. And as adults, we don't have that. Sure. Yeah. It's it's definitely, uh, especially at that age too, like you're not driving yet. If it's, you know, not nice out, you're inside in your room trying to figure out what to do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, for sure. Way easier it's- back then knowing you have all the time in the world you're yep. thinking that when you're in your young stages but yep. man yeah i wish that i started at that age so i could be on your level because i'll have <laughs> to put some clips in our show notes to some of your videos where you're wailing on the guitar because oh boy if memory serves me you're pretty rad oh, yeah i'm kind of rusty anymore cuz i more so work on guitars than oh yeah let- play it but uh i'm trying to get back into it but it's yeah it's uh definitely a passion for sure that's amazing so you've been in i know at least one band back in the day that i went and saw you but you've been in several bands in your time as a guitarist 14 to now yeah so i uh one of the first bands I was in in high school was just a cover band. We covered classic rock, metal, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. And then my first like original song band or whatever you want to call it, I think it was maybe 17, something like that. Still in high school, but just metal. In my early 20s, I was in a band briefly called With Life in Mind and we toured and uh, whatnot here in Pennsylvania. And then when you saw me playing uh, out in LA, I was playing bass in a band, which was a first for me, a band called Animals of Kin. It was like a folk rock man right 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 yeah yeah do you play bass or that was your first time you were able to just kind of pick it up because you're so familiar with guitar uh yeah no i i do play bass but it was more so my buddy chad was in the band at the time playing drums and they needed a bass player and he said well you know we could also use a guitar player to help write the music as well so i just kind of wore both hats for a little bit and mm. lot live i played bass so that's how that kind of worked out yeah so you do write yeah. some of the you you write the guitar riffs or the, the melody for that. Yeah, it was def- definitely a collaboration. There were already two guitarists in the band. One guy was more of like a lead player. The other guy, you know, mainly played like acoustic and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we all wrote the music, but it was uh, the hand I was dealt because they needed a bass player, which was fine by me. I just wanted to, you know, be in a band and play music. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a really fun group. So I assume now because of your business and your family that you don't have the time for a band? Well, it's funny, right before, you know, not to bring up current events or anything, but right before the pandemic. Oh yeah, bring it up. How can we not? (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Right before the pandemic hit, um, I was jamming once a week uh, with two friends one of which is in another band called Emma Rosa. Uh, all local guys, we were just getting together once a week for like two or three hours at a time and just trying to write music. Mm-hmm. We have like three or four songs written, but we haven't been able to get together since. So I've just been, the time that I do have late at night, uh, I'm down here in my basement recording tracks and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, do you miss it? Oh, for sure. It's yeah. that That is my first love and passion regarding music is is playing it and writing it. Luthery just was secondary because I was already so 
immersed in the instrument and found myself, you know, in college being broke and mm-hmm. not having the ability to like take my guitar to a repair shop. I just had to like go on guitar forums and on the internet and just figure out how to wire a new pickup or mm, born through necessity. You know, pretty much. And then that kind of, I, I just kept delving deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole, just pursued it. Even yeah. Further. And here you are with your own lurie business. Right. (laughs) I mean, you've talked about how you miss being in the band, but right now you have your business. Is that as far as collaboration, has that, have you seen any similarities? Yeah, for sure. Especially like we work with a lot of artists uh, and we've been able to design like signature guitars, they're called with them. So they spec out whatever, you know, woods and finish colors and essentially a custom guitar from the ground up that would be like their ideal perfect instrument. And then we attach their name to it. And it's a, a collaboration essentially from a design sense, but also monetarily and just being able to have a product that they can endorse and we can also endorse them as well. So I think there's definitely some crossover for more of a creative side in that sense. Have you ever thought of gigging just you? Just Joe goes on the road and doing your guitar thing? Yeah, I think maybe if I was better in front of crowds by myself, I think mm. that that is one weakness of mine is whenever I am in a band, I, I would rather be like the guitar player on the uh, side. Do you sing? I do. Uh, not, you know, I wouldn't say that I would be ready to, you know, be a lead singer in a band or anything. But when I was in Animals of Kin, I did a lot of backup harmonies and Mm. whatnot. But yeah, I'm definitely a guitar player for sure. I'm not a, you know, singer-songwriter. Through and through. Well, maybe in the future you put out just an instrumental with some, you know, guest vocals. If I get confident enough in my own vocals, we'll see about a a collab, but I'm not quite there. I'm into it. Yay. I'll I'll hold you to that. Okay, we don't know how far in the future this is going to happen, but we'll put a pin in it and <laughs> yep. we'll we'll revisit it because it's a dream of mine, but I'm not quite there because I totally feel you on performing alone. I've done some recitals. I was going to a school and I'm still going to this teacher, but she's on her own where she teaches children as well. So mm-hmm. the recitals are a bunch of children and me. <laughs> Doing doing my thing. So that's already awkward and weird. And me up there singing or or doing piano that the the anxiety is real. It's still. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So future collab, it's happening someday. Yep. We won't put a date on it just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So when did you decide to make the leap to starting your business? Because I know you had different jobs. You worked in IT, right? And like Mm -hmm. different things. What made you go it's time. And how did you get started? Well, I graduated Lutheran school in 2009. Uh, After that, I had a small stint with that metal band I was in in Pennsylvania touring. Mm -hmm. When I did move back out to California, I needed a job, obviously, to pay bills and and whatnot. And at that time, I didn't have a guitar company. So going into IT, working at Hulu and a few other places really awarded me the income and the time to you know, pursue what I really wanted to on the side. It wasn't until I was doing Luthery on the side, doing repair and work for other people that I ended up meeting this guy, Bo Burchell from this band, Seosin, randomly, like through a Craigslist ad. And I know that sounds creepy, but it's not, That's, it's not that. <laughs> it's so random. Um, like you just it is to <laughs> on Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was selling a guitar or an amp or vice versa. And we ended up emailing each other. The creep that I am, I saw his email uh, and I saw his signature on the bottom and I was like, hey man, not to 
you know, overstep or be weird, but are you Bo from Seosin? I've been listening to your band since, you know, I was 16, 17 years old. And obviously it was him. So he had me over his studio. We were, you know, just jamming, hanging out. Super nice guy. Uh, lives in LA still. Or, I'm sorry, I think he lives in Temecula now, but he's in the LA area. Yeah. But uh, long story short, you know, we got to talking. I said, oh, I went to Luthery School. He's like, oh, it'd be awesome if you could build me a guitar. And that's kind of the spark that, you know, lit the flame or what have you to really reevaluate what I was doing in LA, being more hyper-focused on what I want to do, trying to figure out what I need to put into place to make that happen. Fast forward three, four, five years later, it took a while to get it to the point where I was able to make the leap to doing it full time. Yeah. I still juggled, you know, working in IT, luckily from home. So transitioning to doing the business was easy when I was off work. But yeah, that's kind of the, the short summary about how I got into it. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you, you opened your eyes to life and we're like, okay, what do I want to do here? And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. A I mean, lot more history details. I know I'm glossy. I'm <laughs> fast tracking through it. Yeah, no, it definitely took a lot mentally for me to get to the point where I could take that, that full-time jump to make mm -hmm. sure that I could pay the bills and everything. And Meg, my wife, was definitely a huge part of uh, the confidence and support that I needed to say like, yeah, this is going to be okay. I can do this. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, we've been going on, I think, three, three and a half years now doing this full time. And it's just it's good. It's so rad. And I've been watching since the start of, it was the first, your first Instagram <laughs> Uh, <laughs> posting with with that account and it's just grown and grown and grown and I've seen you collaborating with all these amazing artists that want really want your guitars man do you it, has that been just through the different connections like the Seo Sin connection and the bands that you've been in or did you do any additional promotion uh it's a little bit of both I mean Bo was such a huge catalyst to my network networking and like just connections in general to that small niche of the music industry uh, concerning, you know, heavier musics and heavier music and indie rock. And what's great is his full-time job when he's not touring in Seosin is he's a recording engineer and producer in, oh. his own, in his own studio. So when artists would come through to record with him, uh, he would have, you know, an array of my guitars there. And it was just free promotion at that point uh, to get those artists on board and interested. The other side of the coin was definitely my experience, you know, being in bands and networking that way organically. And I think just the products themselves, we were able to attract bands that were already looking for something that wasn't just off the shelf from a music store. Yeah. Some, something that was a little bit more unique like, like them. But I imagine you create guitars and instruments that you want to play that you feel like is missing in the industry or how can you make this better or how, what are the needs and clearly you know that because you're a musician and you've worked with a lot of musicians yeah that's a huge part of kind of what we do is the whole you know slogan is like vintage inspired but modern design so we take you know original designs but they definitely have influences from guitars that people are comfortable with and you know, conventional shapes and whatnot. We try and push the envelope of maybe they're a little bit more ergonomic and certain design aspects aren't as clunky and in the way. And just having like a finger on the pulse of, like you said, being a musician and knowing over the years, like what I didn't like about certain guitars and what I saw other people didn't like and what people liked as well. And just try to find that synergy of uh, design and 
and just pushing it forward. Yeah. I mean, I hate to use this because it's such a buzzword, but the authenticity, you've been really authentic in your your practices and the way you've gone about it because you really care about the products that you're making. So that shines through. And the connections you've had just by being in the industry, it seems like it's been so natural that you didn't have to go out and beg people <laughs> to get excited about your brand and your products because you're just putting all the love and effort into it. And that, that shows through your whole brand. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's definitely, um, you know, watching a lot of these like entrepreneurs and um, Ted talks and stuff about small business owners starting up. One of the things that I kind of have seen throughout every talk is if you're not passionate or if you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to be good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming from like a product standpoint, so in my experience, that is definitely true. I've tried to go into other avenues of the industry and uh, I just keep coming back to to what I do because it's what I know and what I'm passionate about. So the heart yeah. wants what it wants. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you followed your heart. It's, it's romantic in a way. <laughs> sure. So speaking of branding, your branding is pretty synced up like as a true like a brand a corporate brand that you would see like you've got a creative director and everything looks the same and uh it works it's working so i'm dying to ask you and i haven't is megan your wife who's a talented designer (laughs) your creative director is she helping you with all these graphics and the logo and the branding (laughs) uh so early on Definitely. And she definitely has helped with certain marketing promotion, you know, assets and stuff like that. I would say up until a year, year and a half ago, we did bring on a marketing manager, uh, this guy, Madison. He's not in Pennsylvania. He's in another state, but he Hmm. has been great. So I still go to her when I need like an opinion or because her eye for design, like, you know, is so good that mm-hmm. I just, I trust her opinion. And I always say, do you think this looks right? Or should we change this? Or, you know, so I think uh, she's still involved for sure. It's just, mm. she's, she's not doing the, you know, the work on the computer as much. The actual production of it. She yeah. still helps on the back end though. She helps with a lot of, uh, you know, inner workings of the business, uh, gotcha. especially especially recently, but she, uh, she's definitely my go-to person for opinions. It's nice to have a resource so close to home. That's literally in your home. (laughs) Right. I'll just show her my phone and be like, Hey, you think this looks okay? (laughs) Yeah. A true family business. Yep. Exactly. How many people do you have on your team right now? Uh, so we have uh, Pat, who is my QC manager and he's the only person who's actually in the shop with me. Mm. Not right now, obviously, but, uh, and then we have Mike, and Madison, who work from home, Mike is uh, does a lot of the operation, like logistical stuff on the back end. Madison, like I just said, is uh, doing marketing and branding and everything. And that is it. We do have, so we build our guitars here in the United States, but we also have a Korean line. Okay. It's still a very small shop, family owned. There's only three, three main guys in that shop. So uh, John, Chris, and Andy over there. I see them every year at the NAMM show in Anaheim. Nice. We've been working with them since almost the beginning of the company. So I, I, I see them as part of the team as well. They're on the website too. If people want to check that out. Yeah. Um, pretty small team, but yeah. we, we get stuff done <laughs> for now. Well, I mean, you want the right people in place and you want them to be fulfilled, I imagine, doing the job that they're, they want to do and that they're good at. Keep it efficient. You sure. Know? 
and until the need grows, I assume. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I would say this fall, we're probably going to be looking to expand a little bit with just like the in-shop stuff, because when I get pulled away for meetings or, um, you know, head down answering emails or what have you, and Pat is the only person working on guitars in the shop, it just becomes a little cumbersome. So, um, so the shop is a storefront right? People can come in and actually purchase or is everything online? So we do have a showroom at the shop that people come in and they can try the guitars. We have an array of amplifiers and cabinets and pedals and whatnot, but it's still, you know, a shop. So we do a lot of the uh, quality control and there's a bunch of racks with guitars, but it's not like a retail store. It has a loading dock. It's like an industrial building. So yeah, no, not a retail shop, just just like our actual shop. Eventually I would like to have a more unified like retail front, but we we have dealers right now, so it's not really necessary, but. uh, So you have them in other instrument shops stores around the world around the country yeah we have uh our main one on the west coast is pitbull audio it's in san diego Mm. one of our larger distributors in the united kingdom is called guitar guitar and they have like six or seven locations around england and scotland wow that's so you're global (laughs) yeah it's amazing obviously it's your name on the brand and you're the guy you're the owner how much of yourself do you put into being the face of the brand? Uh, probably not enough. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I am very active online, like in the forums and we have like a discussion group on Facebook that has okay. around like 1400 people. So everyone's always conversing in there and I, I pop in there pretty frequently, but as far as being in videos, I tend to shy away from that just cause it's just not my thing. I mm-hmm. just, not your passion. Know. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely like making videos for the company, but it's more so, you know, being in front of the camera and being the person talking, it just, uh, it's a little stressful for me, but. Oh, for um, sure. But I, I am in some videos. It's just, yeah, it's it's not my first uh, choice for sure. I'm always like, hey, Pat, why don't you do this? Or Mike, yeah. why don't you jump in here? Um, yeah. The so. small business advice that I'm always seeing is like people tell you to put more of yourself in into the brand and have a face so people can relate to you. Mm-hmm. And it probably is good advice. And but each business has to approach it differently. And it sounds like, you know, you've been able to grow having as much of yourself in it as you have up to now. Maybe it's not super necessary in your business. Yeah. I mean, I I try and do as as much as I feel comfortable with. Like I'll do within the Facebook group, I'll do like live videos where people can, you know, chat with me and have a Q&A session. And doing podcasts like this, I think is really cool. People can, you know, hear a little bit more of a personal side of, you know, the company. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think I should be in more of the YouTube videos. So I might have to change that. But okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, all the podcasts you're doing, <laughs> you're just getting yourself ready. And then uh, the <laughs> video portion, it just comes with practice. You know, I don't love being in front of the camera, but I realize to do some of the things that I want to do and promote myself. It's kind of why I started this podcast is to become a better speaker and put myself out there more and get more comfortable with it. It has helped, but it's still not easy. Sure. We're, you know, we touched on a little bit. We're in a pandemic. We're quarantined. Everybody is at home for the most part. You are not a stranger to working from home. We've talked about you doing that before, but what was your day-to-day like before this and how has it changed? So you're not going into the shop. Yeah. So 
We do have a stay in place order in Pennsylvania, like most states do. You know, I am able to go in there by myself and, you know, there's no one in the shop. That's what I've been doing. We are still selling guitars. We're still building guitars. So I still have to keep the lights on and keep things moving. Kind of to backtrack, I do watch our son, Ben. Uh, during the day, whenever, you know, Meg, my wife, has done work, then I go to the shop usually. Um, okay. When 3 p.m. hits, I'm usually going to the shop and then... Because there's no daycare right now. No. Yeah. There isn't. Um, so it's been a challenge, but I am trying to look at the positive side and definitely being very eternally grateful for the amount of time I get to spend with my son. Yeah, um, Totally which I, I love. So I think when all of this normalizes and things go back to normal and things go back to the way they were, I'll definitely miss that time. So I think just reveling in the fact that I get to be with him that often during the day is making this a little easier, but. Well, that's uh, a great spin on it. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And just go into the shop as long as I keep my head down and focus, I can get everything I need to get done. It's just, you know, in pieces. <laughs> um, yeah throughout the week. Yeah. So we've been fortunate that we're still doing well during the pandemic, but it's great. Yeah. It's just schedule and how life is, you know, yeah. flowing is a little wonky, but yeah. How would you say it's affected your, your state of mind and your overall well being? Has it been mentally challenging? I know you're so busy, busy with your business and you use a lot of your creativity for the business, maybe not as much for your own stuff as you probably like to, but how has it affected your creativity and your, your state of mind in this whole process? It's definitely been mentally challenging just from a standpoint of there are so many things on the back end of running a small business that you have to control throughout the day, like social media, customer service. Those are the two big ones, but there are a few other things going on from a manufacturing standpoint that I have to stay on top of. And it's hard to do when I'm watching an 18 month old at home for, you know, the first half of the day. So luckily I have a really awesome team and I'm able to delegate certain things until I'm able to go to the shop and focus on what I need to do. So it's been a challenge, but, you know, very fortunate and lucky that I can lean on you know, my team and a lot of those guys have kids as well. So they're, they're in the same boat and we're just trying to make the best of it as we can. Yeah. It's, it's definitely threw me for a loop for sure. When you're so used to a routine and then all of a sudden it's completely different. It's a little hard to get used to, but it's, yeah. uh, it, it, could, it could be worse. That's what I always tell myself. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the uh, best you can. Exactly. We're all just trying to get by in this, these sure. challenging times. What about you? How are you? coping with everything you know it's the state of the world is sad so i i try not to listen to i try to stay as informed as possible but listening to news all the time like when this first started i was listening to a bunch of podcasts and researching everything every day and it was it's too much for one person to carry so like you were saying like it's just trying to think of the positives and think of what we do have and that we're pretty fortunate in you know what we have that other people may not might not be and trying to do business as usual you know I've got this podcast I've got my um my online store and I'm still working full time so it's kind of kept me pretty busy sure <laughs> even yeah. though you know I I see a lot of people posting how they're bored and they have so much free time 
I haven't really experienced <laughs> that. And it sounds like you haven't either. No, just busy at different times now. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Just being able to recalibrate, you know, your perception of what's going on and how fortunate you feel and always trying to look at the brighter side, I think is, um, is the way to be just because or else you'll just start, you know, sinking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you have an 18 month old, right? Yep. 18. Okay. Um, and he, man, I've been thinking about this with people with little kids. He's not going to remember this at all. Like he's going to learn about this yeah. in history books, which is yeah. wild to me. I feel very thankful that he is of that age because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely scary. I mean, watching the news and, you know, not to get into politics, but like, it's just scary. Like just yeah. going through and I think if I was maybe a couple of years older than him when I was that age, like just thinking about how different everything is, watching people wear masks everywhere. And it's yeah. just it's very strange. It's a weird thing to see. Very just very just dis- yeah, very dystopian. Yeah. Um, hopefully it won't last too long uh, and we can kind of get back to not having to do all this <laughs> when it's safe, but right. he's not quite two yet. Um, I don't know what age you can throw a guitar in his hand, but is that in his, <laughs> in his future? Yeah, he actually has uh, this little tiny acoustic guitar has nylon strings on it and he strums on that. He loves it. He strums on all my guitars at the, at the house. And I definitely think he's going to be a drummer though, because he, really? he just loves banging on stuff and like, Whenever I'm, you know, drumming on my chest or tapping on something, he's banging his head and rocking out. He's got rhythm. So, oh, yeah. So I think, you know, maybe a, a little tiny drum set is in his future. He has a little toy one right now, but I would uh-huh. love to get him like a, an like actual one. Kids one. Yeah, when he's like four or five or something. So okay. we'll see. Yeah. Would you put him in lessons or just kind of let him figure it out? Or if he asks for them, I guess. Yeah, probably both. I mean, I, I think I could teach him enough to get started, but uh, I'm not a drummer. So I would probably uh, enlist my buddy, Jamie. Mm, okay. We've, yeah. You've met Jamie, I think. Yeah. You've got all these resources. So exactly. Creative people around you. Yep. <laughs> That's great. So aspiring musician in the house, another one, when he becomes of age and can really choose which instrument, I'm sure it'll consume your whole household. And that'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah, I hope he says all of them. And then that would be be even better. You know, you can have your family business, and then you can have a family band. Maybe that'll solve a time issue. Yep. That's what I was telling Meg. It's like, yeah, we'll have a family band. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a few more kids if that's in the future and just put them to work. We've got a bassist and a, a keyboardist and you're all set. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so for the people that are listening to this podcast, we usually talk about being creative and just the general struggles that you deal with and a lot about entrepreneurship because I have my store and a big reason why I wanted to bring you on because you've started this amazing business so what would you say to people that are wanting to, I guess, break out either in the music industry or just start their own business based on their passion? Like, What advice might you have? I think the, the biggest thing that has helped me is trying to, and like you said, buzzword, but trying to be as authentic to yourself as possible. Yeah. Doing things for the right reason not to make money, I think is also a huge driving force for me. Building guitars is definitely not the most successful and uh, non-competitive business to go into. It is super competitive. It is super saturated. 
and you have to force yourself to be unique and to be yourself. And I feel like that is in any industry, really, you can't just be a copycat. You can't just be focusing on what everyone else is doing. It's definitely good to have your ear to the ground to see what everyone else is doing. But when you're trying to start your own business, that is, I guess, the biggest piece of, of advice I could give is to make sure you're always, you know, centered on yourself as far as like the intentions of why you're doing it and and kind of where your creativity comes from. Yeah. You got to have the passion. Otherwise your business probably won't be successful. And secondly, what are you doing with your life? Like you're going to be spending (laughs) eight plus probably, you know, more than 40 hours a week. If you're starting a business doing the thing, you might as well care about it. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Anyone that says, "Oh, I started a small business and I only work 20, 30, 40 hours a week" is is definitely either not putting in enough time or they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know, even now I it's almost a 24/7 thing. Like you just have to always be on top of what you're doing, but yeah. much prefer doing that than having to, you know, work for someone else or go yeah. go into a desk job or what have you. So, nothing wrong. Is- Nothing wrong with that, but it's just uh, for me. And it is your literal name on the ban- the brand and the products <laughs> and the business. So <laughs> you've got to protect your reputation, I'm sure, and make sure it's good. Very true. Yeah, that is, that is a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice uh, for anyone. You have to kind of love it and don't do things for the money. It's worked out for you. Yeah, it'll, it'll come later for sure if you have the right intentions and you have a good foothold on, you know, your industry and you have a good product and all the other variables that fall into place. So do you have any like future goals for the business or maybe personally just maybe get back in a band or where would you love to see the company go? Well, we have a few products that we have cooking in the oven right now that um, I'm really excited about that we're probably going to launch at this next NAMM show in January okay. of next year. So uh, we already kind of have things in place for that and it's not guitars. So really excited for that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but... Uh, uh, you don't you have know. to confirm this, but tell me it's a ukulele so I can go and buy one <laughs> of your brand no. ukulele. Unfortunately, it's not. It doesn't have strings. Well, yeah. let me know. Let me be the first to know when you start making ukuleles because I'll buy one. Yeah, for sure. We'll Otherwise, <laughs> when I'm ready, I'll start, I'll add learning guitar into my practice and I'll hit you up. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, you know, also being able to get to the point where I can have more free time to play mm. music is always the goal. Um, but yeah, as far as the business is concerned, you know, being able to launch the stuff that we want to launch by January would be great. And hopefully we're still on track for that, you know, with this pandemic. Um, and yeah, just beyond that, just getting our guitars in more retail stores, because a lot of the retail stores that we work with right now, even though they're, they don't have their doors open for people to walk in, they still have really strong e-commerce, you know, sites and, People trust, you know, their sites to buy guitars sight unseen. So I imagine um, with this pandemic, so many people are at home. You've got a lot of people that are already guitarists that are like, well, I have more time or I'm at home more. And they're getting back into that as a hobby or something they kind of put down. People starting new hobbies as, you know, mm -hmm. I'll just go to your site and buy a guitar and get started because I'm at home all the time. Yeah, no, that we've seen that for sure. Especially the last month we ran a sale, which ended, um, today on May, was it May 
first me second like i don't even know what day is anymore i know <laughs> that's 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 definitely you know because of the pandemic is it sure. a weekend are there any such thing as weekends anymore <laughs> right last month in april we ran a sale and uh five percent of all the proceeds are were donating to feeding america which is oh, a COVID, so cool covid19 uh fund so we, we were able to see a pretty successful return on that because people uh like you said are at home and they want to focus on what they're passionate about or they're bored or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been great to kind of help people um, get through this. Yeah. It's a good use of time. Yeah. I would say. So we're getting towards the end of our hour. It's been so cool talking to you. We don't get to talk all the time. Yeah. There are a couple of things that I want to ask you before I let you go. And one of them is a question I always stump people with because this podcast is called Confessions of the Creative Kind. And I like to ask if you have anything you'd like to confess while I've got, we've, I've given you the airwaves and an audience of the, the audio listen listeners, and it could be anything you want. It could be you're. I see that you're in your basement right now. No one is going to hear you until this airs. <laughs> it could be music related. It could not totally don't okay. take it seriously. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I confess that I really, really like Taylor Swift's music. Dang. Yeah. I know your wife is a Swifty. I didn't know it, it, she rubbed off on you. She, she has converted me for sure. Um, I think it's, confession. yeah, I think it's just, it's an amalgamation of like her voice, the songwriting, the instrumentation of like the musicians that she brings into the studio. It's just the full package. Taylor Swift's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Are you digging on her new stuff? What is the lover? And yeah, I, I do like that song for sure. I, I think my favorite album is, I think it's called Red. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, uh, that's my confession. All right. So I, to be honest, Megan, your wife, didn't push Taylor on me back in the day when we worked together every day, um, but was a strong advocate for the lady. And now <laughs> I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but to be honest, I haven't given her a chance. Okay. And for both of your strong endorsement, I think I have to. Oh, for sure. I would for sure talented. I would never, you know, deny that. <laughs> I would start with the earlier stuff for sure. But yeah, okay. it's, uh, let me flip it back on you. What do you Ooh. confess? Uh, that I'm not a Swifty. That <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a cop out. I feel like it has to be something else. Uh, all right. My confession is that I a little bit don't trust her because of the Kanye situation. I don't know if you followed <laughs> all of that. I don't. I don't, I don't know who to believe. And Oh, there was like some leaked videos about their whole situation, but it, oh, geez, turn around on me. This is my podcast. <laughs> You're like an expert. I'm Kanyeing you. You, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I think I have to hand over my mic and have you. That's funny. The king of the confessions. <laughs> uh, that was a really good one. Thank you for for confessing that. Um, sure. And getting it off your chest, and I Feels will. Good. Good. I will revisit Taylor and give her another chance. Um, awesome. Another thing I would like from you before I let you go is I have been this whole year giving a drawing prompt to all the listeners every week. And usually it's just whatever's on my mind that week. Sometimes I've given themes. And when I have a guest on, I like to pick their brain and get a fresh prompt from them. So I would be totally honored if you had a prompt that you could give the listeners and they can try to draw this week or 
it's, you know, any creative goes. So if someone wants to write a song about it, maybe a poem, however you want to express yourself. Sure. So a prompt meaning, I guess if you could explain it a yeah. little. Usually for a lot of artists, typically people that draw or paint, um, mm -hmm. they want to keep in a regular practice, but your mind goes blank. And when you're drawing every day, sometimes it's hard to think of, well, shit, what do I draw? Like my mind sure. is blank. I've already drawn as many cats as I can think of. That's got it. I draw a lot of cats. So any word or phrase that might inspire an artistic idea. So sure. it could just be guitar. It could be, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say supernova. Ooh, yeah. that's great. Cause that could be a lot of things. Sure. Those are the best ones when it's, it can be interpreted not as literal. You could go literal with it and that would be cool, but you could also do a lot of different meanings. Yeah, totally. Like last week I had Adam, my husband on the podcast and mm -hmm. he's been smoking. We bought a smoker. So he's been smoking ribs and trying to perfect a recipe. So nice. his prompt was ribs and, um, Larry Law, a friend of the show, uh, usually follows the the prompts, drew a skeleton with ribs. So Love it. totally that's took awesome. on his own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm going to have fun drawing Supernova. Yeah, Supernova. Yeah. I'm going to have fun drawing that, interpreting that. I hope that everybody else joins in as well. And it's just been a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I would love it if you can give all the listeners all of your information to connect with you, maybe your business website so they can check out all of your awesome guitars and products and um, your Instagram handles so that people can go find you and follow all of your great stuff. Sure. Uh, it's just www.balagueraguitars.com. It's spelled B as a boy, A-L-A-G-U-E-R. It's a very strange name. I know <laughs> I, did, I didn't choose it. Um, uh, they just yeah, they really do. <laughs> just Balagara Guitars on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. But Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you. We haven't oh, gosh. We haven't chatted in a long time. So I know. Nice. It, yeah. Uh, the last time um, in January when you were out for NAM, because yep. I, I went to that show and we were able to catch dinner together. Yep. But yeah. It's been great catching up with you and milking all of your knowledge of the industry and your small business. And I hope, I know that this will inspire a lot of people to kind of follow their passions. So Thank you again. I'm going to urge everyone to please go connect with Joe and his company so that, again, you see all the cool stuff. We're going to put a link to your website and things that we referenced in the show notes. If you go to jesskovic.com forward slash podcast forward slash 55 for this episode's show notes, you'll see all of that good stuff. We'll make it easy. And Joe, thank you again. Yeah, no, likewise. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at jess underscore kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.